There we go. Okay. Uh, I'm the moderator. My name is John McVeigh. Uh, I'm, I'm not a medical professional, but I put my wife through nursing school, okay? Uh, and I have an MDiv in theology and missions. My uh, wife and I lived in China. I'm the administrator for the Innis Image Family Medicine Residency. And so let's go down the line here. And I'll hold it up close there. Good morning. I'm Kate Dahlman. I'm a nurse educator. I've been a missionary with Africa Inland Mission from, since 1992. My husband and I work um, in the country of Kenya, East Africa, where I was at a, a nursing school there at Kajabi Medical Center. And I've also helped to write curriculums for two new um, BSN programs, one at Daystar University in Nairobi and the other one at Kajabi where we're uh, developing a BSN program. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Hi, my name is uh, Sheila Leach, and um, I'm a registered nurse. I have to say nurse because I'm in America. Uh, originally from the UK. I've uh, been serving in Ecuador since 1980. Um, currently almost finishing a master's, Master of Science in Palliative Care and serving with Reach Beyond, formerly HCJB Global, as Vice President for International Healthcare Ministries. So my role is global, but I still live in Ecuador. Yeah. Right, here we go. Oh, yeah. This one, I guess we'll try this. So uh, my name is John Condi. I'm a general surgeon. My wife is a pediatrician. We've been serving for the last 25 years in northern Pakistan in a mission hospital there with TEAM. Um, and uh, I'm glad to be here as well. Wow. That's very cool. Um, I'm Paul Hudson. My wife is in the back. Claire, we uh, started in Ethiopia with SIM back in the mid-'80s. And we have four children later. And been in Nepal since then, worked with Hope for AIDS, our HIV AIDS program with SIM, as well as Mission Hospital and um, Community Health. Most recently, we served in Thailand and Asia for the last 10 years. We just came home, now working with our headquarters in Charlotte. Thank you guys so much for uh, sharing. Okay, let's see. I need Sheila to scoot back a few inches so I can see John, my new friend. Hi, John. Great first name, too, by the way, John. Okay. And uh, you can see up on the screen there uh, the information and the agencies that they're with and the websites. And uh, we're going to be mostly hearing from our panelists, but I also want to ask if we've got any uh, full-time missionaries out in the audience that we can give you a shout-out. Let's see. You, you introduced one, right, Paul? So, yeah, your wife Claire back there. Who else do we have here? Okay, that's fine. We we got almost everybody up here plus Claire in the back row. So that's uh, super good stuff. Well, let's see. Let me do a little bit of an introduction here. Let's see, where do I start? Um, I went out into the exhibit area yesterday, and I kind of went, I, I got, had this really tall ladder, and I took a picture of the people in the exhibit area to try to catch the expression on their faces. Okay? So let me see if I can uh, get my, get my uh, computer to kind of work here. So there we are. There's the picture of everybody in the exhibit area. <laughs> Only 150 different exhibits, right? And so I've got a... I guess, how many of you, that may be part of the reason that you came this morning? Okay, okay. What other reasons did you come to this one? Anybody want to shout out, or that's kind of it? Okay, yes? Well, we've never done this before. I mean, I feel ignorant almost to the point of asking, what is the 
and we will let that be our first question. Okay. So are you guys good with that? Okay. So let's uh, let's get a couple of our panelists to sh- share. What does a missionary agency do? Everything. <laughs> Okay, let's spin that out. Let's spin that out a little bit. So, uh, and maybe along with that is why would you want to go with an agency instead of just go with your uncle or something like that? The mission agency is is so important in my opinion because they have the big picture of what it is you're going to do. Hopefully, is this even on? I don't think so. Let's see if the mission agency has okay. it where. It, it is on, but barely. Okay. okay. So go, go. Where you're going, um, usually they will have had people that have been where you're headed or you know, have great knowledge of what's out there. Because obviously if you've not been outside the U.S. for an extended period of time, there's so many things you won't know about the culture you're headed into. You can read a lot about them and, um, in, you know, online or you can see movies and whatever, but until you get there, there's so much you don't know about basic things, including like finances, how, is, how does this work, what the languages, what are the cultural things that you don't know. Lots of landmines you can walk into if you go by yourself. And so they're kind of there to help bridge that, that transition, first of all, for you to go when you go there. When you're there, they're a huge support to you. If you have issues, somebody's got their eye on you in case something happens to you in the country, you're a known quantity. And they're there to help help make your transition smoother. Um, I can't imagine going without a mission agency. We've had stories of people who do that, and sometimes they're successful, but often they're not. And people get into huge difficulties because they had no one to tell them ahead of time. This is what is to be expected. This is what you're going to encounter. And we're here to help pray for you and help you get, first of all, the support that you need. They've got all the tools for that. And so a mission agency is pretty important, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think the mission, mission agencies are... Maybe you should just use this one. Hold it together. Hold it together. I think mission agencies are extremely important in, in the fact that they... Um, would be interested in you right from the get-go with recruitment and working with you to get you when you need to go. Um, and I think in the selection process, I think it's a really cool learning process to learn stuff about yourself that maybe you didn't even realize and to work on those issues even before you get on the field because whatever is there now will be there a thousand times more when you get there. So, and they, they, have, um, they will help to prepare you culturally. They will prepare to help you financially. They will pre- help to prepare you professionally. And when you're on the field, that support um, and that accountability structure, in, in, in my opinion, is, um, is extremely important. I've been in both places, so I can vouch for that. So we're not talking uh, like either or, because it's a partnership with the church. So it's not that your church or your friends and family aren't important. But it's a partnership. The agency has a key role. Uh, one of them, a lot of them have already been said, but uh, one of them is just uh, what, if something really goes wrong, uh, Kent is over here. I can't imagine how Kent would have fared if he didn't have an agency. We were a whole team in order to figure out what to do and to bring them back. That's just that's an extreme example. But member care is a, is a huge part of 
what a mission agency would do. Let's, um, let's take a little interlude here. So that's why you might want to do a mission agency. Uh, those are the slipped in light. This is that picture of people in the exhibit area that I'm so proud of. Uh, my wife helped me find that picture here. Um, as you were walking down the exhibit area, uh, I want to ask if anybody saw in the aisles these cool, uh, these cool pictures here, uh, kind of little diagram where it would have the name of the agency. That happens to be the one I'm a part of. Um, you know, and it kind of talks about the medical specialties and the global health issues and where they're engaged. And so, were those, did anybody find those like really helpful? Okay, so maybe about a third of us. Is that kind of what we're seeing? Okay, so this is the first time we've done this, so that's, that's pretty cool. The other thing I want to uh, ask about, um, okay, medicalmissions.com, you know, the website, you not only registered for the conference, but it has all these amazing resources. We've got the web gurus here with us. And so if you uh, join me in thanking the Lord and thanking, we've got Austin Gregg and Brett Turner. Stand up, guys. We want to thank you. You don't get free Starbucks by going to the website. But if you program, you do. So that, that, that kind of works there. Okay. So they've put together, you may uh, have seen, your organization recommendations. That was part of, uh, some places it was called the attendee report. Sometimes it was called the personalized recommendations. You know, different workshops to go to, different organizations to visit. And so that was done by a match from your profile to what the organization's listed as far as their opportunities go. So I want to ask, uh, uh, maybe uh, I'll ask three questions here. Raise your hand once. One is like, that was really helpful, or it helped a little bit, or gosh, I didn't really know about it or use it. Okay, you guys good? Okay. This, uh, this is our first time. I think we've rolled it out more. So that was really helpful. I was like, oh, yeah, come hold up those hands, okay? Oh, okay, we got that. Okay. It was a little helpful, Okay. And it's like, I didn't really see it or use it. Okay. Okay. So um, we've got an op opportunity to make it more helpful and to tell more people about it. Because, my goodness, you know, instead of looking at 150 exhibits, you know, maybe you can just go to five, right? And um, did anybody, uh, yes? I was just going to say that, I mean, I, I haven't had any time to look at that before or during this conference, but I was definitely planning on using it so you're talking about the okay so like afterwards you'll be able to click because you can click on the name and go to the website so yeah. so you'll look at it afterwards and because the conference is too full and too busy right okay so that's uh, it's one of the challenges of so much but hey you could come back next year and take another try okay so uh, so good good stuff yes How, let's see, how quickly does your heart beat for this? How quickly does it beat for this? Okay, okay. 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 We'll, do, we'll do pulse ox and you can load that up. Okay. Sounds, sounds good. Thanks for, the, thanks for the feedback. Any, uh, oh, web experts, any questions you've got for our esteemed audience?
So stay tuned. Okay. Uh, well, okay, we got that. Let's see what's next on the on the screen. Um, okay, and then for those of you that slipped in late, this is our group of panelists. Okay, we're going to do this panel in two halves because it's football season, okay? And then I've got a, a short um, um, halftime show, too. Um, so the first half is specifically designed for extroverts and brave introverts because we're going to take uh, questions from the audience, okay? Uh, the second half is designed for the um, uh, introverts who can't fake being an extrovert. And so that's where uh, you can kind of write your question on the top half of the sheet, okay? So we're going to be collecting these sheets. Uh, Deborah's our lovely assistant. Thank you, sister. Um, and so, by the way, this is a really neat sheet, but don't write your notes on here because you're going to be turning it into Deborah in a few minutes. You don't get to keep the real neat things you get to hear from our brothers and sisters. So don't take notes on this. Just write your questions. You guys game with that? In the halftime show, I explain the bottom half. You guys good? Okay. So, what's the next question? Yes, sister. What sort of practical things do all agencies offer, like, you know, health insurance, retirement planning, travel expenses? Um, and what sort of things do you feel like are unique or may or may not be offered by Maybe, yeah, maybe we could say what things the most agencies offer um, and then what things tend to be a little bit more uncommon, uncommonly good. I made a list of about ten things that um, that most agencies uh, do, um, receiving tax deductible contributions, so that you can actually have people give you give you um, uh, give you money and support you. Uh, placement, and that was mentioned earlier, uh, matching you and your skills and your passion uh, with where where you want to go and where they go and where they serve. Uh, orientation, that's the pre field. Orientation to culture and language learning, maybe helping you prepare uh, to learn language and assessing your your uh, ability to learn language, and then tailoring your language for that. Those those are really important things. Supervision and accountability, that was mentioned as well. Uh, as you're there, uh, what's going on? Member care, brother mentioned uh, that. Visas and government connections, uh, which is is a is a huge landmine uh, issue in many countries, especially limited access places. And then health insurance. And uh, most agencies have a have an insurance plan uh, that they're involved in, and then pension and retirement issues. And most agencies will have something available in that regard. Uh, and then teamwork, the the challenge of uh, the who you who you relate to, going out by yourself into an, an unknown situation, as opposed to pairing you up with other people who are already working in your area. And that is what an agency can can also provide for you. And then crisis response. And our brother mentioned that if you're if you turn out to have Ebola, you've got an agency to help you. Very small yeah. risk. And, very yeah, small, small risk. Right. <laughs> but there are a lot of other issues in other countries, uh, like evacuation. We had a situation in Pakistan where we all had to evacuate, and I was very glad we were all together and knew what to do together. We had planned money for evacuation, and uh, we all planned together and got tickets together and, and evacuated together. So that kind of crisis can happen. And the other part of would be kidnapping negotiation. You'd like yes. to have somebody praying and working with you on that because you guys evacuated, so you wouldn't have to go to that stage, right? Right. right. And we have, and we 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 drew up uh, ahead of time um, crisis preparation protocols 
so that if someone's kidnapped, if, even if there's things like auto accidents and, and other things, so that we, we're aware of how to advise uh, people when things like that happen. Just one other little one, just the relational connection. It's kind of like a marriage when you join an agency. So you have to get to know them, and, and there's a, just a connection back with your home side and then on the field side. It's hugely important. Would, let, me, uh, let me ask a question here. Would it be fair to say that most of, I think you guys know each other's agencies pretty well, um, and, and a lot of the larger agencies here, do most of you kind of provide similar support services? Like, you know, maybe there's 5% different, but it's 95% similar. Is that, is that a, a fair? Are there any kind of unique things that either your agency does or another agency does that you might want to highlight? Because uh, that was one of the questions our sister asked. Our mission has um, on-field um, counseling services for missionaries. We didn't have that for many, many years. And we were always losing missionaries after their first term, um, usually because they were having struggles with other missionaries and not with the locals, believe it or not. Um, I think there are studies to show that. And so what we did was develop a counseling center on-site in the main country where we're working, and that's really helped. And so people can go to that rather than um, come home and throw their hands in the air and say, I don't know what happened. And so we've, um, our mission has developed that. It's been a really good thing. They also have people on this side. Um, a lot of our missionary kids go to a missionary boarding school in Kenya, and then they come here for college. Um, there's an organization here in the States that works with those kids so that they just don't feel out in left field. Um, they're, they're watched over and um, looked after. So these are some of the things that have come in later, in addition to all the things you said. That have been really nice support for missionary families. And does your org it's just for M returning MKs from AIM? Um, ours is pretty ours much because they have quite a few right. that and come I back. I think that some of the others you got maybe one just for your returning MKs or your missionaries in your country. But sometimes you will, you know, there's some general agencies you'll refer like in Asia. There's a lot of uh, counselors in, in Thailand, and so a lot of agencies will send people to Thailand and. Probably not in every country you all work. You've got uh, no. on, on site. No, it's just so, in the, our one right, major so country one you, in uh, Africa. Developed, so. yeah. Any uh, other unique things you guys would like to share? Uh, and, and we're talking about individual agencies, but there's a lot that's going on interagency as well in member care, especially. So, like you mentioned, Thailand. There are several larger counseling centers there. Um, in Pakistan, for instance, we've got what's called the Member Care Foundation, uh, which is an interagency. Uh, group and and we provide like orientation services so people from all kinds of organizations who belong to that member care foundation send their people twice a year to an orientation seminar that's held in Lahore, Pakistan, uh, and that that uh, pulls in speakers uh, to to help orient to culture and uh, and language and other things as well. So being part of a, of an organization, an agency means you're also part of whatever networking is going on between agencies, which if you're out there alone, we have some agencies who are so stealth that nobody else even knows about them, and uh, they don't have the opportunity then to, uh, to, to use the benefits of interagency uh, networking, which is very helpful. Another question? Yes. Uh, comment. comment from Claire.
We do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, so use married in quotes. It's not till death do you part, but it may feel like that sometimes. Um, I know that a, a, a number of agencies, the aspiring missionaries, really the best place to start is not what country you're going to go to or exactly what you're going to do. It's really what team you're going to join and be a part of. Ralph Winter, the uh, founder of uh, the U.S. Center for World Mission and co-founder of the Perspectives Course, I've heard him uh, say once that it's a lot more important what team you're a part of than what stadium you're playing in. And I have a number of friends, it's like, you know, they join an agency and they may be in this one country doing this one thing for a certain number of years and then they go to another country or they start doing another, so it's really... I would just encourage you, if you don't know exactly where you're going to go or what you're going to do, that's great. Find the agency and then pray with the agency about what... Okay, let's talk a little bit about culture. Oh, yes. I was just wondering, how exactly do you get to know an agency? You mentioned going on a short-term trip with them. Are there, are there other ways that so, you... So, we talk about marriage. So, how do we do the yeah. dating and courtship yeah. deal with the, the agency? And short-term trip is, is, is one way of doing it. Global Health Missions Conference? Uh, is one of the ways to yeah. that. So, meet, so, meet us here, uh, and they'll 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 hang with you a little bit after the session. There are the exhibits. You can contact them afterwards. Um, I'm sure most of our agencies would be similar, but I mean, it's like a coach. You know, if you sign you sign up, you know, we don't sign you on the dotted line the minute you, you know, email us uh, because we don't want you know. Basically, this is not really a competition. Like you know, we want the the, the best agencies want the best for you and and want to make a, a good match if it's. So we need to get to know you. You need to get to know us. So you have this person on the other end of the, you know, coach, either on Skype or on phone or whatever, or visiting and doing a short orientation. So there are various ways that they, you know, you stage it. Yeah, just to add to that, um, if you made initial contacts with our agency, what we do is get to know you, and then in, we would eventually invite you to something called discovery which is two and a half days in Colorado Springs. Tough, but somebody has to do it. Um, at our headquarters, um, and it's a chance for you to get to know us and for us to get to know you a little bit better. And then if you proceed, you go on to the climb, which is the next stage. And I think most of you all have a similar type of, of uh, welcome, getting to know you experience. Yeah, I was just going to add to that because our mission headquarters here is in Atlanta, Georgia, but we have... Um, area representatives all around the country. So if you live in Washington State, there's an area representative that would dialogue back and forth with you on email and would come and visit you, actually. And, and then that's a good place to start. And then you can spend time with them and going over lots of things like that. Okay, brother. Do you ever have any disagreements with maybe doctors or policies over No, never. <laughs> so... And the question for the audio is, uh, were there ever disagreements about doctrine or policy? Um, this is just a general answer to that. We have a, we have a doctrinal statement, which is very broad because we're an interdenominational agency. Um, so we have the statement which is broad, which everybody has to sign. Um, and then we have a policy of not discussing controversial but acceptable things within the Christian world. So if you're a pre-millennialist or an amillennialist, I can't even say it, we wouldn't go into that. We, we just have a policy that we don't argue about those things. 
So read the book of Romans. If you really don't want to eat meat sacrificed for, with idols, then you know you need to go to one agency. If you're okay with meat sacrificed for idols, you go with a different agency. Or go with one where you don't argue about it, right? It's biblical. Uh, let's see. Sister in the back. Yeah, and um, yeah, maybe kind of who makes the decisions? Do you make the decision? Does the agency make the decision? Um, is it handwriting on the wall? By the way, that wasn't a good story in the Old Testament. But okay, so so who makes the decisions? What's the role of the agency and what you do? I think this is probably one of the personality things between agencies. Some agencies will be more hands-off. They're just going to send you and you have a nice life. We'll see you when you come home. That would be an extreme example. Most would not be like that. Most of these would not be like that. But, um, you know, there'll be various ways of thinking. I think military is a little too extreme on the other side because there's a balance, you know, where it's the calling God has put on your life and your journey with Jesus as you're in the midst of another culture. On the other hand, it's not all about you or me. And therefore, there's a team aspect. So the agency is a... There's an accountability to the group kind of aspect. So I think the, most of us will try to find a balance in, in, in the middle. It's not just about one. It's about the group. The, agent, the best agencies will help you navigate that. And, and most agencies will have a, a pretty clear vision and, uh, and set of values. And so it's important. And, and usually that's stated pretty upfront on websites nowadays of, of agencies. So if you, as you look at that, and you see that, and some agencies have a very specific uh, vision about what they want to do. You know, they just just want to work among a certain religious group. They're just working among Muslims, or they're just they're just doing a certain kind of uh, kind of, of ministry. Uh, then, then that's real real clear, and you, you can know that. So, uh, to me, vision and values uh, is very important to know about before you. Let me do a quick follow up on that. As far as um, I don't know if this generalization is fairly true, but an agency that is larger, that's been around longer, has figured out more things. You know, they've kind of learned from mistakes, and hey, we've developed policies and procedures to protect the missionaries, to protect the national church growth. And a young, uh, But along with that, with those policies, sometimes there's some structure where they're not going to let you hang yourself, or they may not let you be as flexible as you think you want to be. The younger agency may not have as many policies and procedures, and so there's a lot of flexibility, but they may give you enough rope that you end up hanging yourself. So I think these are, t- are uh, maybe real briefly, you could say approximately how many mission agent missionaries you have and how long you've been around. We could just kind of go down the go down the line here. And so SIM. We've been 120 years um, and 1,800 missionaries. And we've been around about 100 years, and we have about 200 missionaries. That's team. Okay. Uh, we've been around 83 years, and we have about 150 missionaries. That's HTJB. And Africa in the Mission has been in Africa since 1895, and we have about 700 missionaries. So these are the more established, larger groups. Okay, uh, brother. Yes. Um, Maybe uh, just as people have left your agency, 
and I'd like to maybe broaden that. I think that from the studies I've read about missionary attrition, usually the top five reasons apply across all the different agencies. And because there's a lot of a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of challenges on the field, I I'm trying to think of the attrition studies I've seen that much of it is related to which age is your kind of question like no, I'm just in general. Okay, so so we'll talk briefly about missionary attrition in general, not you know leaving a, a specific agency. You okay with that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> you could call out the agencies that aren't here if you need to. My my guess is I, I'd be interested to hear what the other panelists have to say. My 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 overall impression is that it's rarely related to the agency per se. It's Usually, it's, well, it's often related to issues that are completely outside the agency. Illness uh, issues, um, conflict between missionaries, which can be agency-related if the agency isn't working hard at member care and, and how um, missionaries relate to each other, or team assignments that can can erroneously be you know match people up. So um, though, those are the kinds of things that, in my experience, uh, in our own group, are mainly the issues. It's rarely about agency policy uh, issues or doctrinal issues, things like that. Those are usually known about ahead of time before you. Just to follow up, I agree with you. Um, so you want an agency that's going to be uh, not just sort of like, this is my work and this is what Jesus wants me to do in this part of the world and I, the, the whole ministry is my work because it's not true. It's not a biblical way of thinking either. The ministry is Jesus. It's about him and what he's doing in me and you in order to do that. So this flows out of who, you, who we are. So if you have an agency that's not so attentive to what's happening inside, emotionally, physically, spiritually, I would, I would tend to not go with that agency. So you, um, that would be the only way that an agency could make, be responsible. Like you could, yeah, I agree. Agency could be responsible in the sense that, okay, the management is poor. They haven't really dealt with this conflict very well. They're not really connecting with you so that you can move forward. That would be something to pay attention to. Okay. Uh, ladies, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Okay. Uh, this is... Talk to the other... Yeah, talk to... Talk to missionaries who are part of the agency. Yeah. So, Well, yeah. do a short-term trip and talk to the missionaries on the field. That's probably the most effective way. Um, it's a lot like going into a residency program. Uh, you know, you talk to the residents and find out, is this a miserable place to be? Or uh, are you happy Are you happy where you are and, and what you're learning? It, so it, it's not an easy thing to do, though. You, it, it isn't actually all that easy to find out what the, what the feeling. Is there a family feeling in this group? Or is this a group of all, you know, loners that are all kind of, Separated from each other, um, it's that's not all that easy, I think, to sense uh, until you actually talk to people. Okay, this is going to be the two-minute halftime part. I told you about. Okay, you guys ready? No. Okay, here's one of my favorite websites. It's called AskAMissionary.com, and uh, it's got a number of different. Let's see, I think I even got it up online here. Let's see. There we go. Here's the new uh, look to it, and there are. Dozens and dozens of questions about how to become a missionary and uh, 400 answers from missionaries around the world. And one of the sections is called Mission Agencies. And so look within there, if the uh, website works, 
but uh, it's how to select denominations going independently. Why do you join? And the page can't be displayed. So, um, so there's all these different questions. Okay, uh, so that's that uh, website. Um, and so I want to encourage you to consider checking that out. And then also within medicalmissions.com, it's a section uh, under community and then mentoring where you can sign up and say, hey, I would like to uh, find a mentor that might be a fit for me to help me kind of sort through some of these questions. And so this is based off of your profile when you register for the conference and then you uh, it asks a few other questions. But you can apply to, be, to receive a mentor, you can apply to become a mentor, or you can offer to be both. Because you know, like if you've already graduated from uh, medical school, you can mentor a pre-med. If you're in residency, you could help mentor uh, somebody that's in medical school. Uh, if you're a graduate from nursing school, you could help mentor a nurse, even though you're still kind of preparing yourself. And so uh, my buddies over here, Austin and Brett, have done the programming on that. And when you fill out the profile, that comes to me, and I pray over it, and I try to put that together. And about a third of the matches take off. We've seen some amazing stories. Some of them don't, and so give us another try if it doesn't work for you, okay? Um, so those are a couple of the di different resources I want to show on the screen. And then the bottom half of the sheet there, okay, uh, you've got some uh, email newsletters you could sign up for. Every few months, you could get the Ask a Missionary newsletter, which gives you kind of new questions and answers that have been wet, uh, added to the website. Uh, the second one is every month, send me the free Abandoned Times newsletter from the Student Volunteer Movement. And then the last one is every week, email me the Mission Catalyst, uh, Electronic Digest of Mission News and Resources. So those are some email newsletters. Uh, you can also uh, say, hey, send me information about the Journey Deepens Weekend Retreat, which is held like three or four times throughout the year. And it's kind of a step before you go and do one of the two-day visits to one of these agencies. You can actually go to interdenominational retreat, interagency retreat, with about 25 aspiring missionaries and about 10 mission coaches. And so that's a, a very and so you check any of the above, either print below or put your name tag on there. You guys game with that? And then as you get those finished, if you can kind of pass them to your right to my left, and Deborah will be collecting those, and we're also going to use those for some of the questions in the second half. Any questions on the sheet? Okay. Well, bless you. If you want a mentor, you got to go to the website, though, okay? Medicalmissions.com. And if you want to go straight there, it's medicalmissionsmentoring.com. I've got a little shortcut for you there. Okay. A few more extrovert questions, and then I'll work on the introverts once Deborah gets those to me. So, yes, over here, sister. So it's overwhelming, yeah. and the question is, how do you deal with it being so overwhelming? Yeah, just, I don't know, like, any assistance. I mean, maybe, like, your own personal journey. Yeah, your journey. And uh, you may have slipped in earlier. I got that picture of everybody. I showed some others. This is a picture of people in the exhibit area. Okay, you saw that. Okay. I love my picture. Okay. So what was uh, any personal stories about how you sorted through the overwhelming options? I, I kind of have a weird story because I, I had a definite call from God to go to Ecuador to work with an indigenous tribe. That's how it happened for me. So it was really clear 
So I went, um, and I was with an, I was with a group called the Plymouth Brethren. I don't know if it's a it's a UK thing, but it's basically there's no structure. You just go, you report to your home church, and you're there. You work under local leadership. And I was there for nine years, and it was during that time that I got to see all these other agencies and what they do. And I wasn't even a nurse. I wasn't a healthcare professional, and, and that was a defining thing for me. It was like, oh, my goodness, I'm here on my own. And so during that time, I looked at agencies on the field, went back to the U.K. to get my education, became a nurse, and then went back with the agency now. So I've kind of been there and been here, and uh, it, I, I really – I think as an older person now, I would do okay with less structure because I can be more disciplined. But at the time, I, I think of a lot of wasted time during those nine years with very little direction. And, um, yeah. If you're part of a church right now and they have a mission organization, if you can get on anybody's mailing list and get start getting missionary letters, that's one way. I mean, I did that for years, and it wasn't even the organization we ended up with. But it just got me thinking about different organizations or this one particular organization reading their newsletters from missionaries really helped me understand the mission because this is a this is a long process. This doesn't happen in six months. You know, this is years in the making. So spend that time looking for that kind of thing. Um, the other thing, what happened with Bruce and I, we went to Urbana, the, the InterVarsity con, um, conference that's every couple years in Illinois, and we we did the same thing. You know, the room was full of of everybody, and we we signed up for lots of different things. We were looking for a short-term summer trip the next summer. He was a med student, I was a nursing student, and two mission organizations rode back. Only two. One of them was Team. And one of them was AIM. And we were going to go with team. And we had it all figured out. And then, of course, it fell through. And so then we went with AIM. And that's really how it happened. It was not really anything scientific. But it was because they wrote back to us, had what we needed, and it, was, it turned out to be a good fit for us. So you just kind of start moving is kind of the advice I guess I'm giving you. And see which doors open, which, what looks good for you. And hopefully it will work. It might not. The main thing you do, and this sounds so trite, but this is, the, this is the basic thing. Stay close to God. Listen to what he's doing. He knows. He knows where he wants you. He knows the place for you. And if, if he knows you're going to go there, he's going to bring that agency into focus for you as you search. And you're going to keep coming across that agency. Oh, look at this. And here it is again. And here it is again. And that he's going to do that for you. And to me, that, that's the main thing, and you're going to see it. And for us, it was like once that decision was made, then we're on a fast train to Africa, and it was like bing, 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 and it, and it was because God was in it. So you want to make sure prayer and knowing God is in it, that's, that's the foundation, and it's going to happen then. It will. Let's see. Uh, yes, brother in the first row. So it's great for you as the aspiring missionary to go on a short term. It's great for the agency to kind of see you on a short term. Um, let's see. Who hasn't got to a ask a question? Sister?
So the question for the take audio is like, so what kind of the difference between having a salaried position, um, maybe with an agency, but maybe with a, se a secular opportunity versus being on uh, personal financial prayer support. You guys work on that? I'm going to look at my sheets. Over here. Uh, our, our experience generally has been, um, well, one of the major issues is language learning. If you get into a secular situation or a job situation, usually you aren't given time to learn the language. Uh, so you, you end up getting immediately into, you, I've got a, uh, the, the group, whoever it is that's, uh, that's hired me, expects me to work. And if they expect me to work long hours, then having the time and energy to be able to actually learn the local language is, is almost completely gone. We had, we had a couple, for, for example, that went into that. They, they went on a business kind of platform and uh, were, they were just so burned out by the work that they never were able to learn the language. They ended up leaving that platform, coming with us, and then we said, yeah, we, we make it a priority for you to not do anything else but learn the local language until you get it and then you move on to what you're doing. So to me, that's one um, serious drawback to the uh, to the business model. So it's not a totally either-or situation. So we have situations, although most of our missionaries are on support, there are a few situations where they do get paid. Um, by the local in the local situation, so it's not a completely black and white situation. But you don't you'd rather I would I would rather not send you where you're totally not connected with an agency. So it, even if you do go in a you know a salaried position for for something, uh, maybe a hospital pays you or whatever, still connect with an agency if possible. It's there that you can still be part of. Um, that would be huge. So it's it's not totally either or. So yeah, I got extroverts. We need a little break here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got some of the introvert questions here, also related to money. Okay. Um, one of the questions is, what percentage cut does the agency take? Let me let me give you a contrast. Uh, if you are in the United States, you get a salary, right? And the government takes their cut, right? But the employer is on top of that. They're you know, paying for part of your health care premium. They're also paying for part of your Social Security taxes. They're probably providing you maybe a computer, a desk to sit at. Well, generally with the missionaries, it's like you raise not just your salary, but you raise also, you know, all the pieces that are needed for, you know, you raise the money for your computer and for your desk and for your travel expenses. Uh, and then the agency has some overhead on top of that. So, yes, the agency's to take a cut to be able to make it work for the overhead. Um, but what, what, what comments would you guys have about that? Um, you know, what cut does the agency take and how does that feel? How does that work? Nobody's making money in my mission. <laughs> so I want to just start out with that. But not, not the people who send us, not us. Um, I think our, oh, sorry. Our agency, I think it's probably 50-50. The money we raise, maybe half of it goes to administrative costs. And that's not just here in the States. That's also administrative costs over in the country where you're going to be. Because there's housing costs over there. There's all kinds of costs that are that you don't even know about, and somebody has to pay for them. 
if somebody is a missionary in northern Kenya, their housing is going to be quite a bit less than somebody living in Nairobi. So how do we equitably distribute that? So sometimes we on the mission contribute to a, a piece of that. And so every mission is like this. What you need to find out, you have to make sure your mission is transparent with those costs. And we have supporters asking us that all the time. And so we got a breakdown of those costs from our mission to show them where it all went. Where does your money go? It's a good question. It's a valid question. And you need to know where your money goes. And we feel really good about where our money goes. And um, they, don't, they don't stiff us. We get enough money to live on, and we know where it's going. But there's also the health care costs. There's Medicare. There's Social Security. They're paying into all of those things. So it may look high, but if you get the breakdown, and then you can decide, you think this is fair or not, and see, but it should be transparent to you. And there's also umbrella organizations that oversee mission agencies that most of our mission agencies are a part of. What's the name of that? ECF. 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 What is the, the, the new name is Missio Nexus, I believe. Oh, it's Evangelical Financial Accountability. Evangelical Financial Accountability. So you want to make sure the mission agency you're signing up with um, is a part of that because that shows you where the money goes. It has standards. Right. So, again, nobody's making money, not even the people who are here at home. Trust me on that. So that Evangelical Council of Financial Accountability is one in the United States that kind of certifies all evangelical nonprofits, whatever they're doing in the U.S. or overseas. Uh, and then there's another umbrella group that most of your agencies are a part of called Missio Nexus that kind of certifies that, hey, this agency is a, is a good agency, you know, in addition to the financial aspects. Um, let's see, there, here's another uh, introvert question um, uh, about kind of policies about, you know, having kids, family planning, you know, my kid, my children's education, you know, is there only one way to do the education? You know, stateside assignments after I've been over there, or how long do I stay on the field before I come back? Um, any of you guys want to comment on some of those different types of policies, how flexible they are, or how specific they are for your group? The reality is that, well, we had four children on the field, so um, every kind of schooling situation, everyone, we lived in three different countries, so. We've seen uh, kids have seen it all. They are, and they're all still grateful for overall you know, following the Lord. So we're we're extremely blessed. Uh, but you do want to pay attention to your agency. Make sure they don't have some kind of rigid. You can only do it one way. There needs to be some flexibility. And, and, um, but but there's also experience in different settings as well that you can learn from your agency. So we've had experience with people trying local schools versus homeschooling versus and and uh, so so we're able to tell you this is what X number of families have tried and then again another advantage of being part of an agency that's got a history uh, in a given cultural setting so uh, so there are lots of options and we also support lots of options but we also uh, are upfront about what are the what are the, the possible drawbacks of each of these options. And they all have drawbacks and they all have advantages. And, and then you have to choose for your family what's best, best for your kids. One, one of the uh, questions written on the sheet was, well, you know, what if I don't need to send my children to a, you know, expensive international school? You know, do I still have to raise money for that? And I think in almost every case, it's like the agency sits down 
with you what is your specific support package needs. Uh, and so they'll, you know, you're not like raising money for everybody's right. schooling, um, that kind of situation. So if you get four kids, you get to raise more money. Unless you do homeschooling, and then you maybe you raise the money for the, uh, the curriculum costs. As, as far as that goes. Could, could, I, could I just comment on, the, on the, um, the, you raised the issue of housing and this problem of we've got people in urban settings versus rural settings where the housing is, is very different. And I think different missions handle it in different ways. We, we do a pooled housing system where we are so that those of us who are in rural settings who pay almost nothing for housing pay the same amount into housing that those who live in urban settings are and then we pool all that because we feel those that are working in the urban setting are, are, are people we want to support. Um, so you want to, you might want to find out about that kind of thing. Um, if you, if you really, uh, if your church really wants you to, to make that budget what you really you're using, uh, then they, they might object to a pool situation. But in most situations, we're all trying to further the kingdom in a given, in a given setting, and pooling things uh, sometimes is a, is a good way to do it. Not usually with children's education, though, because it's so different. But, you know, if your church is struggling, if they don't want to be that altruistic, you can tell them that unless there's some people in the capital city helping us with our visa and our security situations, we're going to be sunk. So it's like we, we all need to be working together. And so uh, here's, a, here's a question. We have friends starting a medical clinic uh, in a certain country. Would an, agency, would an agency partner with us to go there, or would we be on our own? one of those tricky questions. That would depend very much where was the country. <laughs> um, uh, our agency right now is very focused on the less reached areas of the world. So um, we would look at other things around. It wouldn't be a no, but if it was in a very strategic area, then we would be very interested in doing that. And I think there's some agencies that are more flexible and then some that are more focused uh, that way. And uh, one of the agencies that I'm friends, I'm friends with all these agencies, by the way, that's why I invited them. Uh, but an agency that often works with people that are a little bit more scattered, one example would be InterServe. Um, and I don't know if there's any other agencies we could suggest like that that kind of come to mind. And am I right about InterServe? They kind of work with people sometimes in a more scattered situation. Well, I don't know if scattered is it. I'm not sure scattered is the right word because they're friends, but uh, they uh, they place people in other situations usually. They don't have their own structure on the field, but they partner with various right. schools. So they may have a member care structure, but the, you know you would maybe join a, a certain ministry that maybe even you found. Or, or a, a I think that may be possible. Yeah, it's so individual. So in, in our agency, there's quite a spectrum from more traditional situation to pioneering, and so I think you'd have to talk about the individual situation with the agents. Okay, here's the last question. Um, how early should I start working on engaging with a sending agency? So, you know, because, you know, some of you may be, uh, some of you may be an undergraduate, uh, some of you may be in, uh, you know, just starting your graduate school experience. You might think, hey, I've got a number of years is something I can put off until a month before I want to go. But, but, you know, so, so, so when, when should we start to engage with our agencies, mothers and sisters? You, right away. I mean, there's no reason not to begin to get to know, and because you, you're not locked in in the beginning. Get the, the get the um, the magazines, the, the the newsletters. You get to know them, 
and then you begin to narrow it down, it, it, it's a bit of a, a process of getting to know. So I would start soon. Let me try an analogy. You don't have to raise your hand on this. But if you're married or you've ever known anyone who is married, okay. Is, is that, have almost all of those married people married the very first person they ever dated or they had a crush on? Eh, maybe not, right? And so it's okay to get to know different agencies. Take, you know, take a trip with this agency, take a trip with that agency, or take a couple of trips with one agency to different fields. And this is a great thing to be doing to keep your mission, I mean, just keep it going in your heart. If you get any kind of breaks over Christmas or the summer uh, or spring break, you know, be taking mission trips and then try to look for, don't just go with agencies that only do short-term trips, but go with some of these groups that have long-term opportunities. Okay. And short-term is really, you know, a wide-open term. What is short-term? You know, a week going somewhere is, is, you know, is that a short-term trip? That's too short. If you're going to go somewhere short-term to really check it out, in our experience, a month is like almost too short. So six months is better. A year is the best. You won't see everything or hear. Or you won't get a feel for everything in a in a week or two weeks. You just won't. You'll be in that honeymoon phase and think, hey, this is wonderful. You know, you have to be there. So if you're really, a short-term trip for, for our mission is considered, I think, a year or two years. And that's considered short-term. Okay, now could we do a week or two weeks before we sign up for the year? Um, you can, but again, you're not, you're still not going to know it very, as well. Well, but you never know. No, you're not. Have you ever said, seen anybody you're married? It's like after the honeymoon, it's a little different. It's okay. Yes. Uh, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Okay. Uh, last question from the brother. Can I comment? Like, as in a residency program, it's a little difficult to just say, hey, I'm taking off for a year. Um, can you comment on, I mean, if you're halfway through or in your senior years of residency and you're preparing for board exams and that sort of thing, can you comment on how? Sure. A lot of residencies, I don't know where you are, t- let you go for a month somewhere like at Kajabi Hospital and so a month is, is adequate because I think at least you've been there. You're getting over jet lag. First of all, if you're flying to Kenya, it'll take you a week to get over jet lag. If you're only there for a week, it's not enough. But a month, a lot of residencies do that. And I would encourage you who are in those programs to take advantage of those opportunities because that will, that will show you a lot. Yeah, a year is always better, but a month, a month is good. Okay, um, one last comment, and then if one or two of you have a closing word you want to share. Any first, John. I, I would say the same thing. I mean, in our hospital, we only take medical students and residents for a month. Uh, we don't take less than that, and generally you can't go for more than that time. Okay, any last uh, uh, sentences from any of our panelists here? Just um, Proverbs 3, you know, 5 and 6. You know, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The Lord wants you to know and will guide you much more than we even need or think we want to know. So he, he already has the plan mapped out. So you really can relax, even though it is really overwhelming to visit 100. I can't imagine visiting 150. Glad I started a long time ago when there weren't so many. But I mean, <laughs> but nevertheless, even if there were a thousand, the Lord is still able to do it because he uniquely knows you. My, my thought is, is um, from Paul's experience, you remember when he uh, tried to go into one area and the Holy Spirit prevented him, and then the, uh, he tried to go to another area, the, 
uh, the spirit of Jesus prevented him, and then there was the man of Macedonia that calling him to go there, uh, trying things, moving in different directions, and then having the Lord finally um, make it re- reveal it to you. That's uh, that's a biblical pattern as well, and you shouldn't feel bad about about trying various things and then having the Lord, uh, as you pray about it, lead you in that direction. I would just say I'm, I'm thrilled that you're even here because you're already on the pathway. You're on the road, and you've set your hearts upon doing what the Lord wants you to do. So thank you for coming, and uh, and uh, he will lead you as you go, and it's it's kind of awesome. But start now. Start developing that missional lifestyle. Start, you know, every agency is going to require Bible credit, so make sure you're in the Word. Make sure you're doing those kind of things even before you start looking at the agency. And if you find an agency that you love, it's it's more than a marriage. It's a family, and you will bond with people, and they will be your family when you're on the field and some mission agencies people even call you know your kids will call other people auntie and uncle or whatever and you are family there because you're in a spiritual warfare setting usually or could be um, you're away from your families you need those people so you want to make sure it's a good fit for you because they do become your family and when it works it's a beautiful thing and you don't want to miss out on that so I would encourage you to go with an agency find somebody that you can go with because it's it's wonderful Okay, medicalmissions.com, lots of resources there, askamissionary.com, and I've got two copies of the Ask a Missionary book up here for the first two people who want a free book, or you can go by the CMBA bookstore and uh, pick it up there as well. And so, uh, uh, Sheila, you've got the, the best English and the best <laughs> accent. Would you pray for us? Would you pray for us, sister, as we, as we wrap up here? So we can... Our dear loving Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that we've been able to have together. Thank you for bringing us to this place to talk about things which are really important to us. Thank you for the work that you are doing in our hearts and help us never to forget it's not about us, it's about you. It's about making your name known to the nations. Lord, we do know that you will lead us and guide us, even in the choice of agency or not, in the way that you lead us and guide us every day in the small and the big things. And so we thank you. We ask for your Holy Spirit to go before us and to be with us today. And even today, if there's an agency that somebody should be guided to in that uh, huge exhibition hall, that you would just take them to the right place at the right time and that each one would know the place where they should be serving and with whom they should be serving. So we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me in thanking our panelists. I do need three volunteers to carry some chairs for me when we're done here.